the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 5. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning, Tammy. How are you? I am pretty good this morning, thank you. And you? Oh, I'm a little tired this morning, but um, it's been a big, it's been a big week. I know I'm probably going to say that every week because it just feels like every week when we talk, it's like, it's just, we get a, we do a lot in a week, you know, mm-hmm. as moms, yeah. as women, as creatives, as you know, in recovery, working on that. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a big one. Yeah, I, um, I have been waking up in the middle of the night the last few nights um actually over the weekend I slept pretty good but last night I I woke up in the middle of the night again and that's that always brings back bad memories of (laughs) waking up in the middle of the night Uh covered in sweat Uh um but I have a new thing now that I do where I move to the couch and um when before, I was thinking about this this morning, before I used to just, that was just part of my punishment, was just to lay there and, you know, sweat it out <laughs> And um, when I was drinking. But now I moved to the couch and it's, I don't know, just a, it's like a nice, cool place to lay down and it feels good. And, and then I fall back to sleep normally. So that's what I did this morning. How long were you up? Probably oh, almost an hour. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I used to just wake up and, and not go back to sleep, you know, until sunrise. And mm. then that, that was like, that's not the time to go back to sleep. That's the time Mm-mm. to get up, right? Yeah. Oh. Especially if you have kids that mm-hmm. go need to go to eat breakfast and go to school. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> how dare they? <laughs> That's how I used to feel. But um, yeah, no, I don't feel that way anymore. But I have been taking magnesium at mm-hmm. night at the recommendation yep. of one of our friends. And I, I'm like solid sleeper now. I don't wake mm-hmm. up at all. And, I, yeah, um, go ahead. No, no, no. I just, I... I I, once I stopped drinking, a lot of people had trouble. I've heard, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and their system has to get right. I didn't. It was almost a miracle. I think that's why I, I stayed not drinking in the beginning, like those first eight weeks, because I could finally sleep. Mm-hmm. I think you and I have a similar, share a similar story along those lines. Yeah, because I've, I was the same way. I didn't have, when I first quit drinking, that was, that was the miracle of it. Uh, you know, that's kind of what kept me eager to mm-hmm. keep going because I was sleeping re- like a baby for the first time in a long time, sleeping all the way through. And then, you know, and then like, like things happen, you know, then I, you know, after about a year, if I would have, if I, if I would have something on my mind or get, start getting excited about something, um, you know, I'd wake up and, um, 
right now I have a lot of exciting things going on, a lot of scary things going on. And so those are causing me to wake up, I think, in the middle of the night and then my brain just starts, you know, getting active. Maybe if I was a really good, um, solid meditator, (laughs) then I could quiet my own little head down. But, um, I don't have the power yet. And magnesium, I've been taking magnesium too, and it has helped me tremendously. But, um, but yeah, this seems, is seeming to overpower the magnesium even. Mm. But, um, but I will say that sleep is so, it's like, priority number one for me in sobriety. I don't know about you, but I, um, have to, it, it can make or break my whole day. And so I really, um, really try to nudge myself back to sleep. Even if I'm up for an hour, yeah, even (laughs) if I'm up for an hour, I don't give up. I just, I continue to keep, you know, trying to get back there until I finally do fall back to sleep. Yeah. Naps are good. I'm not a good I'm not a good napper. Not not a good napper. I wish I was. I do wish you, I could nap. Do you not even short naps? Because I don't take long naps. Mm-hmm. I take like 20 minute naps and I'm like reset. And it's around yeah. four o'clock when I normally, that's when I would normally drink, start drinking. Um, I started doing that in early sobriety that at four o'clock when that urge came, I was like, I need to go just lay down for a second. Get out of my head. Rest. And I still do it. I I still do it. It's like a little quick. I mean, it's not long, but it kind of gets me through because I can't, I'm not a night person. So Mm -hmm. I need that little bit of rest to get dinner on the table, to finish up whatever I'm working on and Mm -hmm. spend some time with my family. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it because that, that is what definitely what wine used to do for me. Like when I was cooking dinner, it would kind of give you, you know, it kind of give you that little burst of energy. (laughs) For whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. it was probably just the excitement that oh, I'm finally getting to drink today. <laughs> sugar. I hadn't already started, but yeah, and the sugar probably too, but it would give me a little, little burst of energy. And, um, yeah, without that, I don't know. I know you're not on, on coffee and I don't drink a ton of coffee, but I will often at about three or three thirty, like, you know, take the leftover coffee from the pot and put Mm -hmm. it on ice with some milk and chug that. And then you, you can sleep okay after that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And not me. It just, it pushes me what I've noticed, which I didn't notice for years. It pushed me into not a full on anxiety attack, but I would feel the effects Mm. Like my heart was racing, pinpricks in my chest, my throat would close. Oh yeah. That's not, and I didn't know what it was. I just thought, Oh, this, I just don't feel well for years. <laughs> so I, when I finally identified it and would putting it together, I think you and I were recording a podcast on since right now, last summer, maybe, or whenever we did that. And I had a cup of coffee that night. And after we recorded, I had a full on panic attack. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I had to piece mm. it together. And I was like, it's I had coffee. So I need to start unraveling what's going on here. And, um, oh, that was in November that we did that. Yeah. Because in December Mm -hmm. is when I stopped, but I finally, it was like the last piece of the puzzle Hmm. and, um, and it affected my sleep that night. And so, yeah, for me, I I can't do that, but I'm sorry you're not sleeping. But you know, we all are, I'm, I, I'm only, only able to unravel all of these things because I'm sober. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, (laughs) 
that's yeah. the that was the that was the thing that affected you know all of my bodily functions. It was so, so mysterious before. Like I don't know why this is happening. Why? <laughs> Everything was a mystery. Why am I waking up at two uh-huh. in the I morning was, every yeah. morning? My heart, heart palpitations and, you know, drenched in my own sweat. Yeah. Why? It's weird. I must be going through something else. It couldn't possibly be my drinking. <laughs> Why am I depressed? <laughs> Not that depression isn't a real thing, but mine was, mine was alcohol-induced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine too. <clears throat> mine too. Okay, well, I hope you get some sleep tonight. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> my friend. That's usually the thing. Yeah, that's usually, oh. it's like every other night, but yeah, I will. Okay. I'm certain. Okay, well, let's. I'm super excited. I just wanted to tell you that I know you started it too, but the 100 Day Project uh, started yeah. last week, and it's with one of my favorite artists, El Luna, who wrote the cost, the crossroads between should and must, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful book, and I highly recommend it to those out there that are looking to kind of make this next decision. Like, what do you want to do in sobriety? I found I had all this time, and I didn't know how to fill it. And I think that's right. where it started, right? So you're at this crossroads here. And that book is just creative and beautiful. And so the 100-day project is just sharing. You get to name your project and you share it on social media every single day with a specific hashtag to your project. And so I'm doing illustrations for uh, a book that I'm dreaming up um, of gratitude lists. It's going to be templates for... Um, the lists. So oh, I will cool. do the artwork and then people can write on top of them. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. I was encouraged by my art professor and she was like, why don't you just take your journals in and, sh- and shop it to a publisher like Sabrina Ward Harrison did. She knows mm-hmm. Sabrina Ward Harrison. She's like, she just took her journals in and said, look at my journals and they turned them into books. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but why not dream about it? And name it, like you've said. So mm-hmm. I um, yeah, and so, start doing things that to take you into that direction. Yeah, yeah. And the other project is for Holly from Hip Sobriety and the the Mantra Project book that we're working on. And I get stuck when creatively when I know that I have to do something for someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that happens with you, but it's yeah, like well, a hard I'll, thing I'll to bring push that through. up later. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. even though. Even though me and Holly are total partners on this, she's given me complete and total freedom to do what I want. I stop myself. I get afraid. I have a lot of fear around it. So this project, I am just making blank illustrations with no words on them and putting it in a box, which I will talk about later in my three favorite things. But um, I've been just doing it and doing more than one a day. So I'm hoping to have a couple hundred by the time the project's done. What are you doing for your 100 project? That's so cool. Yeah, I am. Well, I, you know, a big, big, huge tool. It's a constant tool in my toolbox. And I'll probably, um, you know, bring it up many times when we talk about our favorite things. But it's just um, getting outside, uh, going for a run or a walk or a combination of both. And I'm usually just in my neighborhood, although we have beautiful trails here in Austin. And sometimes I will drive to those if I'm really, if I really have a good block of time, but I try not to let that hinder me from just going out. And because I am so, um, busy right now, uh, working on working in my studio, I'm working on some, um, things for 
the She Recovers um, conference. Are we calling it? Is it a conference? I think in, so. Um, yeah. In uh, May, which is in less than four weeks. It's less than four weeks away, and I'm having a booth, so I've got I've got a lot on my plate right now, but I can run myself into the ground almost. I mean, I have made myself physically sick before when I have a big looming, you know, deadline. Yeah. And um, so I wasn't going to do the 100-day project because I thought, really, do I need another project right now? Probably not. <laughs> but I thought, well, if I made it be uh, something that forced me to get outside, even if it was just to kind of meander around my yard for a little bit um, and take a photo, then um, – this would, you know, this would be a beneficial project for me to do. And so that's what I'm doing. A hundred days of nature. Aww. And I'm just taking a, a picture of something that I've seen outside and adding some words to it, just some thoughts to it. And, um, it's actually been really fun. Oh, good. So, yeah. Well, it's the beginning. Yeah. I'm all kind of gung ho, but you know how that happens with projects. We'll see what happens on day, yeah, you fizzle. know, 27 and yeah, <laughs> 64. <I know. laughs> But, you know, exactly. And I mean, the, I think I think the point with any self-made project is that you have to um, forgive yourself if you <laughs> miss a day, you know, because mm -hmm. we're just that's just the nature of, you know, being human. And and um, I don't think that perfection is was built into the rules right. of the project. So, <clears throat> excuse me. It's really cool to see how everyone's interpreting it and doing their different projects. And when I watched the video of the two women, El Luna and her partner, who I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. Lindsay. Lindsay Johnson. I can't remember. Mm. Uh, they talked about just creating community is what it was all about. And I think that's yeah, what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the beautiful thing of um, Instagram is that you can search hashtags and um, find any community that you're looking for, which is things that we've done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to share, if it's okay, I, I did something really uncomfortable last week, and I wanted to share a little bit about it. Sure. I um, went to, I take an oil painting class at the community college, and I had to do a self-portrait, which, okay, already, right? You have to do a self-portrait and look in a mirror and see yourself. And I had to finger paint it. So with oils, we had these gloves and we put on the gloves and you just, we watched our professor and you at first think it's kind of ridiculous and you're finger painting, but then all of a sudden you start to emerge, you start to see yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. Now, she said you can be your alter ego you can paint. You can create who you think you are. It doesn't have to be a literal interpretation, although there's some form right. that needs to be addressed. And that was a very freeing exercise. I went into it thinking like, nope, do not want to do this, <laughs> as I do with most um, of the assignments. And I always come out on the other side. I'm still not done with it, but I'm doing two. She had us do two. And I got stuck on Thursday and I was just overwhelmed by painting just one. And so she came over and she said, what do you need? 
And I said, I don't know. And she said, you need rules, don't you? And she knows me really well. And I said, maybe. <laughs> she said, okay, you have 40 minutes to finish both these paintings. And you do three things on this canvas. And then you go to the next canvas. And you do three things on that canvas. And then you back and forth. Go. Oh, I like her style. And she walked yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally and with her on that. It totally, I didn't overthink it. Because you don't overthink it, yeah. You don't have time. You just don't have time. So while they still look a little scary to me, the, the especially the second one that I started, she's she's a little um, uh, like a vampire or something right now with the tone of her skin and her black eyes. But she's an underpainting, basically. And I have to understand that to get to the beautiful finished product, right, you have to have kind of this not-so-pretty underneath. And I thought that related a lot to sobriety and for me at least that there's this stuff that's underneath that we're, that we don't like and you can't get to the, to the pretty kind of veneer if you ever do. But I mean, just that you have to address it. It has Mm -hmm. to make sense. You have to touch it. You have to accept it. And so once I kind of did that, I was just thinking the whole time, like, she's so smart. She's so smart. She's so smart. (laughs) And when it was done, she said, now what are you stuck on? I said, the nose. So then I had something to even say I was stuck on before it was just like everything. Oh, right. You couldn't even, you know, pick an element. Yeah. And she helped me with like a couple little paint flicks. Like she just put on, she's like, you've already made the marks. Just do that shadow. And they were super tiny. And then on the eye, she's like, how about doing this on the eyelid? And she's like, now you go home and do the rest. And I haven't touched it since. But <laughs> I will. It's due on Thursday. Oh, yeah. So Plenty that was just time. great for me to think about that in my other practices and to think about that with sobriety and to think about not overthinking it. I love that. I had something interesting happen this weekend, too. I had um, – so I, you know, have – Creativity can change when you, um, you know, get paid for it as well. Mm. um, You know, sometimes you have to show up and do things that you're not really 100% into. And um, uh, I had to shoot a wedding this weekend. It was a short wedding. um, But when I got there, I could already, like my spidey senses, I could feel the vibe of the whole... um, feel the vibe of the whole thing as soon as I parked my car and walked up and um it the the wedding was different than had been described to me via email um and uh when the officiant came out who also happens to be a good friend of mine I could tell that she was visibly upset like things were not I could already tell so first of all our you know being sober, which is so like not in our heads as much, which is, I, I never thought that I w- would be able to rely on my intuition. So, so mm-hmm. much as I do now. And, um, and you know, we, we had a few words and she kind of it described to me what I had was already sort of feeling like sensing, like something's off here. I'm feeling some negativity mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and sure enough, some, some things had gone down, you know, without getting to the, into the specifics of it. Some things had happened. But, um, but I had to show up and do my work anyway, which kind of forced me to, um, even though I had learned some things about 
about the wedding party um, that I didn't really particularly like, I still had to do my job. And, um, but it kind of forced me to, um, you know, find some compassion, you know, Mm -hmm. and as I was walking around taking pictures, you know, I just kept trying to tell myself these are, this is a couple that's, you know, maybe they're scared, maybe their expectations weren't met, they're having, you know, some fear and I just tried to find my compassion there so that I could do do my job but it was hard yeah it was hard but it was something that um probably it probably wouldn't have gone that way um when I was drinking because I would have just already the resentments would have just been boiling inside of me you know yeah and um I wouldn't have been able to find that that compassion piece and it probably would have reflected in the work you know that I that that I did and um you know they you know when you show up to do a job even especially if it's a a creative job um you know the person that's paying you doesn't really care whether or not you're in a bad mood or you know if you're liking Uh the situation or whatever right they still expect you to do a good job. Isn't that interesting though? Your intuition, you're right. When you get, when you stop drinking and you get sober and you start working something out with yourself, you always had it. I always stuffed it down. I always dismissed it. it. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't valuable when it's like the most valuable thing is listening to your intuition. And you'd hear people say that. And I knew I intellectually, you know, yeah, But yeah, Mm -hmm. but I didn't trust myself for a lot of things, but definitely with my intuition and nine times out of 10, that's what I should have done. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you probably learned a lot this weekend too. I did. I did. And you know, the job's not over. I still have to edit the photos and, and make sure that the, that the wedding party is happy with them. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a definite learning a, de- a big learning experience. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, that part's over <laughs> for you. <laughs> it's a little stressful I'll have to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And didn't you come home to like a surprise sleepover with your? Yeah. I did. yeah. <laughs> You're such a good mom. You are such a good mom. Um, do we have anything else we want to chat about, or are we want to dive into? Do you have anything else? Yeah. Let's just dive in. Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to talk about creating community, and I think that will be um, a creative community and also um, an in-real-life relationships or online relationships um, that we form community around our sobriety. And at least that's what I know about for yep. myself. And when we when we first met, it was through uh, an online secret Facebook group for another podcast that we listened to, the Home Podcast. And I think there's about 500 women in that group, 500-ish. Right. And I, you know, I was kind of wasn't, getting... Wasn't when we joined. No, no, no. It was smaller. Mm-hmm. It was smaller. But right when that was all happening, I was about to get off of Facebook because I was feeling uh, exposed. I had written about my sobriety. I wasn't getting any support, I guess. I don't know why I would from people who who don't have the same issue that I have, but I was kind of just lost. Validation? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm 
jumping in, but did you did you need some validation? Did you feel like? I think maybe, or yeah, I wanted to be understood. And people who don't have a drinking problem, it's just not they. It's not that they don't have compassion for you. They just they're like, are you still talking about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are yeah. you still? So I was insecure about my writing. I was insecure about what I was putting out there. I was publishing a blog post every month saying, here's where I'm at. It was before I went into the rooms of AA. So it was about seven months and I was feeling just like, I don't want to keep putting myself out there. I think I'll just write this privately and I think I'll get off of Facebook so I don't see everything else that's going on. Because a lot of what was going on was people were still going to parties and um, the wine bar I used to own was posting things. I was still following them. But I had this epiphany around this time, like, why am I following my old wine bar Right, that I used to own? Where my drinking really, you know, ramped up. Why am I following that? Because it's causing all these feelings. So I thought the answer, well, the answer was to unfollow that, right. <laughs> which I did. But at first it feels uncomfortable to do that. You know, it feels uncomfortable to unfriend people or unfollow people. But I realized like, I got to do this to save my sanity a little bit. Mm-hmm. So these were all like little tiny steps. So I thought getting off of Facebook completely would be the way I needed to go because my word for the year was shed. And I thought, oh, I'll shed social media. And I'm really mm-hmm. glad I didn't. Yeah. I'm really glad I didn't. So when the home Facebook group started, it was like this little haven, um, safe, safe place to go. And it was like a meeting kind of online, right? When we go to, into the rooms, we get to share stuff. People get to share their, um, although there's crosstalk and, and advice, and but it was a place that felt um, needed, really needed at that time for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, you know, being, uh, being a creative person just by nature means that you are going to spend a lot of time alone. I mean, whether you consider yourself an introvert or not, I mean, unless you're like, a, I mean, you know, I guess if you're in a, uh, maybe if you're in a band or you play in the orchestra or something um I'm trying to think of different or you're an actor you know and you have to work with other people but even then you still probably um you know manifest your creativity alone you know that that initial creativity is probably manifested alone and so I think that that's why the online community was so um so important to me I don't know if I would be sober right now, if I hadn't had that in the beginning, Mm. honestly. Yeah. Because, um, and it, you know, it wasn't just that I felt like, uh, I needed to isolate or whatever, but that was just my, it's just my nature. Um, because of, you know, what I do, um, Mm -hmm. as a creative person, I am alone a lot, um, because I have to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the online community has just been invaluable to me. And you're part of a couple groups. Um, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, a home. The home group was not my first, uh, online group to be a part of. I was, um, a member of a net. I was actually a member of one that started off as a Yahoo, like a chat, um, mm. a, a Yahoo group. And, um, and some of the women that I met in that initial, uh, Yahoo chat group, I'm still very good friends with to this day. So, Hmm. um, 
I really, really formed some really, really special relationships there. And, uh, and then we've had the home group. Now it doesn't, that doesn't exclude the need for in real life groups, of course. Yeah. Which is, you know, why we've started some other things. You know, I've started some personal things just here in my town and we've done some things together, but, um, tell me about, tell me about that because you, I think those exist out here, but I haven't, um, sought them out, but is, is, so is, is it on meetup that you do this? Yeah. Yeah. So I just started a meetup group and, um, I call it, what do I call it? It's just sort of a, well, the thing is, if you have a really specific, I didn't want it to be my blog name because then, you know, people look, they search for like tag words. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think I've called it, um, I think it's called creativity and recovery or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's real specific to what the group actually is. But, um, yeah. And so, and I have quite a few members now meetup is kind of a strange thing you will have a lot of people that'll join your group, but when you schedule a meetup, you don't get a, you don't get a lot of RSVPs. Or if you do get a lot of RSVPs, sometimes only half of those people actually show up to your meetup. Mm -hmm. But the idea was, um, and I think I've talked about this before, but the idea was, um, you know, the unruffled blog and website that I made, I really, made that because I was longing for a real life counterpart to that. And, um, and that would be, uh, you know, what I imagined was, um, groups of, you know, I guess I, men are welcome, but, um, I guess I just envisioned this sort of you know, quilting bee type situation mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> where, where it is primarily women, where we feel like we can share openly. Mm-hmm. And, um, but while we're doing something, while we're, while we're working on some kind of creative project and, um, there's lots of those things that go on in any city. There's like painting with a twist or something with a twist. And the twist is um, that they serve alcohol. You know, mm. they serve mm. mimosas or, you know, you bring your own bottle or whatever. And they're all alcohol centric. All of them are. Um, or at least the ones I've, you know, yeah. I had to investigate it. And um, so, of course, I wanted one that, you know, was a safe place for women in sobriety and to be able to talk about that while you're, while your hands are busy, while you're making something. And so that was the impetus for starting the, the meetup. And, um, and I've had a few and I just had one over the weekend actually, and we did some collage and it was super fun and we've done one together, you and I've done one together and we could talk about that. But, um, but yeah, that was the impetus for creating the meetup and, um, Meetups are, uh, you know, you, you go through the site in their per city, you know, yes. per city. Let me Each ask. Si- every city or every area has, has meetups. So is me, so just cause I wasn't familiar with this until you started talking about them and I looked up a little bit, is it like a website that's called meetup? Yeah. It's meetup.com. Okay. And I'm then, gonna write that down. Mm-hmm, and then you can create a meetup in your particular area. 
I had, after we did the one um, in Austin together um, with the ladies there and the gratitude focus and, and nat- uh, journaling focus, I came home and thought, well, I want to do one here. And then that idea left my brain. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially for what we do. I mean, there's meetups for everything, you know, and there are a lot of sober groups that ha- that do meetups uh, in my area and probably in just about any area. A lot of them are outdoor activities, um, which is cool too. Um, the, the tricky thing is finding a place to actually have your meetup. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a coffee shop that's just down like in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they have a couple of rooms that are pretty good size and you can block two to three hours and they just have like a minimum that they want you to spend, you know, Mm -hmm. in the coffee shop. And, um, so essentially it's free every, if everybody purchases a coffee and, you know, a pastry even then you, you know, I've never had to, had to fork out extra. So it's, it's great. It's been, it's, you know, that has worked out really well. Um, now I really envision a place that's my own. It has mm-hmm. big tables and lots of windows and, you know, my own tea bar and all of that. But, you know, a girl can. <laughs> a girl can <laughs> well, you just have, you've already named your it. Name it book. You named <laughs> it. So there's a lady out here that does that, that, like what you're talking about. I mean, she doesn't have a tea bar, but she has a space, a studio space. And I noticed on the meetup when I searched, uh, I know her and her son Mm -hmm. went to preschool with my son and just so happened another friend a couple years ago before I was sober had invited me to go do journaling out there. And I was like, no, I, that sounds boring. Um, (laughs) Which, because I would take, that would like interfere with my afternoon fun. So why would I go do that? So I'm in a different place now and I, but I'm still hesitant to go over there. She's listed, she's does regular journaling workshops. And then she has one that says that it's kind of alcohol free. So I don't even know. I have some, I guess some not contempt for it now, but just some trepidation to go somewhere new and to try something new. But since we're doing this podcast and my word of the year is dare this year, I'm going to dare that I'm going to go take one of those classes so I can tell you about it. Yeah, so you I'm should do it. call it research. Do it. Ah, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're researching what other people are offering. And yeah. then, yeah, you can start thinking about how you'd like to put your own spin on it or something if yeah. you want to do it too. Mine are um, free right now, but, you know – eventually, well, if I ever had my own space, um, you know, it'd be something that, you know, I charge a fee for, but if it's something, but you know, I'm really thinking big about it. And if it's something that I couldn't teach, then, you know, I would probably bring on a teacher if it Mm -hmm. was, I don't know, hand lettering or weaving or something I don't know how to do. You might need a consultant to fly to Austin and have some queso Mm -hmm. and Topo Chico, like to talk about it probably Uh is what I'm envisioning for me. It's all about me, Sandra. It's all about me and that queso in Austin. I liked it at the last meetup when I said, I just love all this um, cheese that we're, or what I don't remember what I called it when we were at the meetup. Oh, the cheese dip. The cheese dip. I love the cheese dip here in Austin. And then every woman in that meetup said at the same time, queso. I was like, oh, when you're in Texas, you got to get with the program. It's queso. Yeah. Really good cheese. 
Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad. So yesterday was a success. What did you collage? Like, what was the what was the end result? Well, you could make you could make whatever you wanted. Most of the girls made like a vision board. Mm-hmm. One woman actually, um, she had just um, done some had spent some time in in rehab, and I don't want to tell too much about her story, but she had she was working on a collage where um, some things that she had kind of discovered in a meditation, Hmm. um, just some visions that she had discovered in a meditation were uh, speaking to her. And so she was kind of putting that together um, on paper in collage and it was so cool. And then a couple other women sort of made like vision boards and they, you know, cut out little phrases and stuff that they found in magazines. And you've seen those before where it's just something that you want to work on or something you want to kind of set your sights on. And, um, mine was a little more, uh, abstract. I still want to work on it a little bit more. I was kind of liking where it was going, but it was a little more abstract. It didn't have words, but it did have images that were kind of speaking to me in different, um, in different aspects, different things I'm working on. There was a lot of, references to time and space because I'm, you know, going through this existential crisis. <laughs> I'm slowly approaching 50. I'm not there yet, but I'm, yeah, there's some hormones and things are changing. And so I, so there was a lot of references to time, which I, after I had cut everything, I kind of didn't overthink it when I was cutting things out. I was just cutting things that were speaking to me. And there was, there was, you know, there's a lot of stuff about time and time and space and in mine. Um, That's interesting. So. Well, also, I was just what, when you just said that, it popped into my mind how I think we both just finished um, S Town, uh, the podcast, and mm-hmm. that was you know the clocks and the time and the, how they wove that story together yes. too, um, with him being a clock, you know, kind of yeah, repairing antique was, clocks, yeah. Influencing me, but yeah, yeah. Oh well, I wish I could have been there yesterday. Were some of the same gal? You don't have to say who, but were some of the same gals there that were at yeah. the last one? Oh, it's so exciting! Yeah, so exciting. And new faces, and so yeah. I'm tr- my goal is to have one once a month. I think um, one of the girls um, that has come to all of them actually is uh, offering up her home. Uh, for the next one. And we might do, um, like succulents where you, we're going to get a bunch of succulents and you, you know, cause you can separate succulents yeah. a million times. Um, and we're both going to gather up, you know, little found pots and cups and stuff from thrift stores and have like a little succulent planting party. I might have to Skype in. I'm now I'm getting jealous. I'm now I'm having, what is that? FOMO? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of FOMO, Sandra. Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Because in real life is so important. I mean, it's really key. Uh, I don't want a whole bunch of it. I have to be honest because I do like to hide away at home in my studio. My favorite place is to be here. I really don't want to go out unless I have to, but once I'm out, (laughs) Yeah, and I'm doing something, especially if it's creative, and especially if it's with women now in recovery. I feel safe. I feel good. Right, I feel right. Um, it's all it mm-hmm. kind of hits all the buttons that you want. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're so lucky. I'm glad you created that because clearly other people wanted that too. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. Yeah. I, definitely. Definitely. I mean, 
you know, if you are in 12 step or if you're even a member of an, of any of the other recovery, um, you know, groups, um, you know, that's, it's, it's just different. It's not, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of sharing, but there's not, there's not activity. And so this is sort of bringing together all of the things, you know, that I love. It's, it's selfish. It's completely selfish. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Which we're learning in recovery, right? Like you have to take care of yourself, like the first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I could have, I could have waited until it was perfect. I could have waited till I had the space and the space was perfect. And I had the T-bar and blah, blah, blah. And I could have waited, but I, you know, it was sort of, like what well, what can I do now you know what are the resources available available to me right now and I'm glad I didn't wait and I'm glad I just jumped in yeah. um and found places and I'm using meetup and it's you know it's not super structured but but I'm doing it and and from that just like with everything that we're kind of tapping into you and I on these projects that we're doing it's like they're blooming so if you don't start if you don't have that wonky first episode, like, you know, we felt super nervous before we were going to record that. And, but if we didn't start this, then we can't, we can't see where it's going to end up there. You've stopped yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, that word dare this year, that has really, that's going to lead me, I hope to some really cool places this year. I mean, look, look at us <laughs> <laughs> just chatting away on the internets. Uh, <laughs> so last summer, when, when we started talking about recording a podcast, we started talking about collaborating. You brought up a really awesome project that we're part of, um, that we're both doing now, and about an art exchange. Would you yeah. feel comfortable just telling a little bit about yeah, how the impetus? Sure. Yeah. So the, I got the idea because my, um, my husband has a, a BFA, that is a bachelor of fine arts and, um, he has, you know, it's been a very long time since he's been, you know, in, in college. Um, and, uh, but the, a lot of the people that he, uh, friends that he went to school with that all sort of graduated at the same time and a couple of professors, they get together every year and they do an art exchange. And, and they're always usually around in February, uh, January or February. And, um, they pick the theme. Usually they'll pick the theme at the end of, of the one that they're finishing up, um, for the next year. And then they have a whole year. I don't think, I know my husband doesn't, use the entire year to create his project Mm -hmm. probably he's probably not alone there but um but they have a whole year to think about it um and to make their project and then they get together and they exchange and um it I mean the pieces of art and there's always a theme um theirs is usually like um uh, a material like sometimes a material is the theme like one year it was wood mm-hmm. one year it was um aluminum one year it was um altoid boxes um you know so they've had more specific themes but they're always um a material is part of the theme whatever they're going to use their medium i guess mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to say um <clears throat> but we have the coolest pieces of art uh, for, that he has received, um, as part of, of this exchange. And, um, 
and so I don't know. I was just sitting on the couch. We've got. I was sitting on the couch looking at a couple of them, and I thought, "Oh my God, that's what we should do. <laughs> we have enough creative people in our online recovery group. I need to pitch this idea to Tammy." And I think at that time I had already like pr- probably barfed several other ideas all over <laughs> you, and you're like, "Slow down, woman." Um, <laughs> So it was probably like another one in a succession of, of lots of ideas that I was throwing at you just to see which one would stick. Right. <laughs> and that one stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went around and took some photos of the, of the pieces of art and I was like, we should do this. Art exchange. Art exchange. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. I think at the time we were talking about our sons exchanging some art. We did. And... Yeah. You know, like, that's nice and, and fine, but they didn't sign on for that. We're like, hey, well, you guys can do this. So I think it was more like, we got to own, like, what are we going to do? Right. And that, I mean, I would love for them to exchange, but my son's going to do the opposite of what I want right now. So I'm not. Right. <laughs> but that, so so we called it the Art Exchange. And then we got, I think, made a secret Facebook group for that, for Recovery Gals Art Exchange. Someone named it for us. I think we didn't even name it. And it has been so fun to do the exchanges. And we've had mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. And the first theme was reflection, which mm-hmm. was really fun to uh, kind of word map. I like to word map the, the themes and see what comes out of that. And, and basically, I'm just looking at a thesaurus when I do that and just kind of well, riffing and on it. and should we say we, hmm. we, de- we decided to do them on the equinoxes mm-hmm. and... And solstices. The, and the solstices. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That word is not going to me. <laughs> and um, so, so each one, so each word map sort of reflects that time, that season. Yeah. The year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was in LA and started word mapping the word reflection. And it was just, it's so powerful. It was such a great uh, recovery word, right? And then also just creatively, you could do a ton with reflection mm-hmm. and we had that one so that was the fall that was our fall one mm-hmm. and then the winter on the winter solstice our word was surrender mm-hmm. and I got so, oh I got such beautiful art and then the spring which we just shared uh was the spring equinox was emerge which I that I that was in my head a lot with that one and yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> me too. That one was a, that one was slower to emerge for me. <laughs> <laughs> My blog post has still not emerged. That one. But again, we're not perfect. That's right. We that's are. Right. <laughs> it's, it's still emerging. But um, but that's part of it. The sharing. So part of like, if I hope you don't mind, but the we're making the art for another person. So. We benefit from being in our heads, making the art surrounding the theme, working out whatever we're working out in us, and then you're gifting it to someone else and it's leaving you. And you're Mm -hmm. hoping that it kind of lands, inspires, touches another person. The way you mean it to, right? But they might Mm -hmm. interpret it completely differently. Totally different. Um, But it's, I just let it go at that point. It's like, now it's for you to do with what you want to do with. And then we write about it and share either on our blogs, if people have blogs, or on social media with the hashtag RecoveryGalsArtExchange. So you can find that on Instagram if you want to see some samples of what people have done. 
but I find it um, a great small community and that there's no, there's not a lot of rules. I don't think there's any rules mm-hmm. other than you just need to be in touch with your partner and mm-hmm. let them know when it's coming, get their address. But it's really, it's really uh, kind of cathartic, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll share something really cool that happened mm-hmm. with the last one. I won't use her name, but um, uh, probably uh, two months, I think, after um, she had received my piece. Of course, she she had some feed, you know, she responded right away um, when she received it. But then like two months later, she sent me this email and said, you know, it just really hit me all of the elements of that piece that you made for me. And mm-hmm. she nailed it. Like everything that I was trying to convey in the piece that I had made, mm-hmm. she completely got it. And, um, but it, but it took a couple of months to resonate with her. And I just thought that was so cool. It's like, they still, you know, when you have a piece of art, it, it's, stays it's with you forever it's and, like a slow release right uh-huh and the meaning can change or you know you you can your relationship with it can change and um I don't know I just found that to be so cool and uh I feel the same way like you know when I go back and look at the pieces that I've I've received already you yeah. know I, I get a little bit more out of them every time I look at them same. They're like, they're treasures. They're in my art studio. They're surrounding mm-hmm. me. Mine and, too. Uh, the, uh, it's nice to, like, the last two, uh, I've had the same person. So it's almost like I'm getting to know her a little bit better. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And and we just had a, our first Skype call with video, by the way. Uh, she was my first video Skype call. And it was awesome. It was awesome to be able to connect all the dots, to be seen and heard was what we talked about a lot. And I think that's what those pieces are. You're kind of revealing yourself in your art. And for me to write about it too, although there's different schools of thought about that, like people who name their paintings or don't name their paintings. They want the viewer to have more, to Mm -hmm. interpret how they want to. I'm not, I'm a little more literal. I like a narrative to things because I like to write. I like to know the story behind the person that made it too. I'm a little bit kind of interested in that and how that forms a piece of writing or art or yeah. So I always want to know more, but maybe some people want to know less, but that's just not my style. But I've just really thoroughly enjoyed this group of women and how creative and different all the pieces have been. Yeah, because, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's permission, right? It's mm. permission to make something, even though if you don't consider yourself, you know, I'm not creative. I'm not an artist. I, I, but this is, this is giving, um, giving everyone in the group permission, um, to make something. You're not an artist. Okay. But you can still, but you still have something, some creative creativity that's pulling you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love that element of it. I love that element of it because we have lots of people that have um, participated that would never call themselves an artist, mm-hmm. but yet they've made these beautiful things. And- yeah. And the different mediums. So uh, there's been, you know, physical art pieces of paintings, of collage work, of a song. We've had music. Yeah, yeah. music. Um, but people. Yeah, poetry. Mm hmm. People yeah. are really just digging deep 
and finding their way, which I hope that they are happy with themselves when they're done with that. I mean, it just pleases me. It's like Christmas when people are are sharing mm-hmm. on the secret Facebook page. Like every time somebody posts something new, I'm like, what? Oh, quilting, beautiful quilts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the story that those quilts, I mean, they're art quilts. They're telling a story and mm-hmm. they're just, you know how much time and energy and thought went into that. I'm sure it was like meditation for her. It's mm-hmm. just been really cool. And we're going to, I get to meet some of these women. Uh, at, we're going to the She Recovers conference in May. And it'll be nice to kind of connect some dots. And one of the women that's in our group I've, I've interviewed for my Ray of Light series. And I'm just so excited to meet her and to like see all her creative ventures. I think she's bringing some little treats to the show. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I think that that connection gave me something since last fall, you know, that, that I was, uh, down with my friend Casey when she was really sick, um, down at UCLA and she rested and slept all day. So I would just work on things, dreaming up this podcast with you, working on the reflection, Mm -hmm. uh, word mapping, and just, it gave me something to go into so that I, when I was in a place of fear, I could, could go and create. And I think that's what's mm-hmm. so kind of beautiful about yeah. taking on these projects and, and even like yeah. the hundred day projects give you this, this tiny little respite from the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's twofold. It's, mm-hmm. we get the, that benefit of just the, the act of creating and then the community on top of that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's been such a fun, it's such a fun project. Love it. I love it too. Yeah. So what, uh, what else? So we talked about our meetup. We talked about our meetup that we did together. Mm -hmm. And, um, so do you, do you have, what, what are, do you have plans for real life groups or community? Yeah. Um, I did something. It wasn't this year. No, I did this year. Um, me and a friend and her daughters did a, a New Year's Day kind of vision board type thing. And then the prior year, I did that with some women from my eight, from my 12-step group. And again, many people in my life did vision boards, and I just thought, what is the point of a vision board? Oh, right. Back in the day when I had contempt for it, I, I have my own rituals, and I kind of don't want to be told what to do. I don't know if that resonates with you, but just the fact that I'm open to it now, I was like... Uh-huh. Why am I, why was I so hard on all that? I don't maybe I, I didn't know. want to envision what was going on or I didn't want to really take a hard look cuz I I'm sure that's what it was. But I think I thought, "Well, that's cute." <laughs> right. Right? Oh my gosh. Sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah, but now um I'm interested in having a meetup. So I I will put that I think when I'll have to wait till school gets out, but I wouldn't mind this summer to like try to have some more connection locally for me. Uh, what's been really great about Instagram is I have several women on Instagram that I connect with. Uh, they may not be sober, but there's a sober connection. Their husband is sober. Um, I've met them through different things I've done. And I feel like I have their support because they understand because they have a partner who is in recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my in one of my college courses, I have five people in 12-step programs. Oh, wow. One person that is interested in the 12-step program, one person that is 
married to someone in the program. So in a small class, there's seven people that recovery has touched, right? Right. And my husband was asking me the other day, he's like, how do you know all these people are in your, I don't tell them names, obviously, but I'm I'm like, because I'm out with my recovery. So I'm like a magnet a little bit. Because I'm talking about, or here's why I'm working on this painting, or this is why I'm drawing Betty Ford or painting Betty Ford with a quote underneath her. Because I'm in recovery. That's all I say. And then they slowly come to you. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Then they come and chat with you. And I wish we could just chat. Uh, You know, I want to find more of that. So that's what having a meetup out here, I think, would help me to to connect with some people in real life. and, And that is important. What about you? Are you going to do another meetup soon? Or are you going to just put that on the shelf until you're done with She Recovers? Uh, it's going to be on the shelf until we're done. But yeah, I think we're going to try to do it. It's going to get hot here soon in Austin, Texas. So um, the next one that um, my friend wants to host, that my friend that I made through, you. <laughs> through, the, yeah, through, the, through the meetup, mm-hmm. um, wants to host the succulent one. And so um, since that would be outside, we're going to try to do that probably I don't know, hopefully mid-May. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think we've touched on online communities, real-life communities, and just how that's an important part. And I think you can have the creative component to it, which kind of just is like icing on the cake. That interests me a lot because I I go to 12-step meetings and I have connection in real life with people who are in recovery. But I think adding in a creative component gets me a little excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, and, and anybody, you, anybody can do it. You, you can do it. Um, you know, even if you're grabbing, grabbing people from your, you know, if you're in 12 step and you're grabbing people from your 12 step group to, you know, come over one evening to somebody's house and, you know, do book club or, or yeah. we just have to, we have to make these things happen because they're not, they're not, um, you know, if they're not readily available in your community, you kind of have to, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You're, if you're sitting back going, I wish there was a sober book club, then perhaps you should just make one. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> it'll be very different than the other book club you're probably part of. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think that, I think we're good talking about what we talked yeah. about here and we, maybe we should just move on to our, uh, we'll end the show with our three, uh, toolbox items that we're going to share with the listeners and um i will go first if that's all right go ahead go ahead so in my toolbox this week i you know i was just thinking about the concept of this toolbox like should it should i share one you know all things recovery related one week and all things creative the next week i don't know i'm not that organized so it's going to be a little bit of both so this week i listened to the home podcast which uh, Laura McCowan and Holly Whitaker co-host, and they've been a huge inspiration, influence, great friends to both of us. I'm, I'm speaking for you, Sandra. And with the home um, secret Facebook group that we talked about, like that is where we found our first, for me, it was my first uh, space of online camaraderie in the recovery world. But this week they had a podcast with author Ann Dowsett Johnston, and it's episode 85. And I gobbled it up while I was in the studio listening. They talked a lot about grief and gratitude, which totally spoke to me. And 
it's just a great episode. And so I would highly recommend that she's been on the show before. So you might want to search and listen to her first podcast with them and get a little foundation work for her. Um, she wrote a book, uh, drink. Oh, now I'm going to forget the title. Um, drink. If you search drink and Elsa Johnston, you will find it. And uh, so that's my first share for the week. I think it was really informational. It was great. Holly and Laura added a lot to the conversation too. That's a good one. Yep. I listened to it too and it was excellent. Um, Okay. Well, my first one is I read a book that um, by an author named Melissa Phoebos and it's called Abandon Me and it's a memoir. she was uh, interviewed on home actually Um, I can't sorry well I have to put it in the show notes I can't tell you what episode it was but um, that was the first time I'd heard of her and um, I I happened to be I wasn't gonna I hadn't planned on buying the book but then I I happened to see it it was on display at my bookstore and um, so I picked it up and um, it was a beautifully written book and there was a lot of praise given to this book on social media and I kept seeing it pop up and lots of people kind of um, giving it lots of praise and so I, I, I'm not a book critic and I'm not going to pretend to be right now but I will just tell you my experience with the book um, I uh, it kind of like I kind of thought it's very um, somber beautifully written but very somber um, very morose um, and she is also, uh, in recovery and she talks about that. She also talks about alcoholism in her family. So it is, um, it, you know, it touches on sobriety and recovery, <clears throat> but it just kind of started making it, it sort of like reinforces, you know, like we all have these stories about people. And, um, I was like, oh, here we go. These millennials, you know, they're like so serious all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe I just cannot connect with millennials because they're so serious. <laughs> because this um, book had, you know, not that every book should be humorous, but I guess maybe I think they should be because it had no, not one ounce of humor in it. And, um, but then, so then like not a week after I had read, finished the book, I noticed that she was interviewed on the Other People podcast by uh, Brad Listy, and that's a podcast where he interviews authors. It's only author interviews, and I've, I download them every once in a while, and I noticed that um, that she popped up. Sure enough, too, I think he was her – he she was his very first author interview. I haven't gone back and listened to it, oh. but um, – Anyway, so I listened to that, and she's hilarious. She's so (laughs) funny. She's very funny. She's super smart. That's conveyed in the book, but she's very funny. And so it just reminded me, again, because I always need a lesson, and some lessons I need to hear 500 times, (laughs) and that is people are not just one thing. You know, they're not. They're not just one thing. And, um... You know, and I had just decided that she, like all millennials, are just so damn serious. And um, but it turns out, no, she's she's more than more than that. She's very lovely and very funny. So anyway, 
that's that was my one. That was my first one. Well, one. well, good. I'm gonna. I've seen that book popping up on social media, and I've been. I'll send it to you. I'll oh, send it to you. All right. Um, the episode that she was on on home was number seventy eight. If anybody okay. is listening and and just uh, wanted to hear that. Uh, okay, so the second thing I want to talk a little tiny bit about is in my toolbox, is that since I took Holly Whitaker's hip sobriety school, it's like an ad for Holly today, uh, who co-hosts the home podcast. But when I took her hip sobriety school, the really big component that I took away from that was self-care. And I always thought that self-care was like getting a massage or something decadent, but really self-care can be taking a nap. (laughs) It can be organizing your purse if that's going to make you feel better, like small, tiny things. So I have designated, I have a new routine that I'm not going to go into, but Fridays are my self-care Fridays. And I'm going to try to do things for myself all day Friday that fill me up, um, that aren't something that I have to do. They're things that I want to do. And so last Friday I had a full-on day of self-care. I went and met my sponsor. I did go get a massage. I did have one of those. Uh, but I took myself to the bookstore to just look around and touch books and spend time. I just had, I had a full day and I had plenty of other things to do, but I chose to really just honor that space. And I, I benefited from it. I felt some ease. I felt low stress levels. I felt so good. So um, while, while there might not be full Fridays that I do self-care, I'm definitely going to be focusing on doing something, some kind of self-care on Friday that's intentional. That's very nice. Yeah. I should follow that lead. <laughs> <Very nice>. Join <laughs> me. <laughs> well, this one, well, this, my next one is actually uh, similar to that, but uh, different. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's necessarily a tool, but... We'll have to be flexible. Um, so I keep alluding to this, like, crisis that I'm going through right now. Um, I don't know if I'm, like, you know, pushing through a wall or or I'm, you know, banging up against my upper limits or something. I'm not really sure. But, um, uh, you know, sometimes to aid this feeling. Um, I need to be of service, you know, do something for somebody else, you know, that we know, especially from the tenants of, of 12 step that that gets us out of our head. And, um, it always brings some perspective to our situation where if, you know, we can be of service to somebody else. Um, but then sometimes I just need to go dark for Mm -hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not to be like cliche, you know, that only, you know, tortured souls, you know, can, can create or whatever, but there is like a well of creativity there, you know, on that like shadow side of ourselves. I don't know if that's the case for you, but it, it's always been the case for me. Now, of course, drinking would always, you know, perpetuate that place and Mm -hmm. um but now um I can just you know for instance the other day I just had a day where I just listened to records most of the day I did some journaling I cried a lot but I just let myself Mm. feel it I just let myself go there and um 
you know, I mean, and, and it, it, it did, it, it did kind of fill my creative cup in a weird sort of way, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, that I, sometimes I just need to do that. Sometimes I just need to do that. And I wouldn't say that, um, it, uh, you know, the goal is not to be happy all the time. Obviously the goal is serenity is my goal, you know, like I I would like to feel content and there is something serene about it too. Just letting yourself go there. Just let yourself be there. Um, but anyway, that's my second one. That kind of sounds like self care. Yeah. You know, to honor that, to listen to it, to take the time to kind of sink into it a little bit, listening to your records. Like there's music has been just changing my mood. Um, I I so often just don't listen to anything. So for you to go listen to your records and and do what you need to do there, I think, yeah, yeah, that's a self-care act. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. It feels self-indulgent too, I Mm -hmm. guess Mm -hmm. sometimes, but yeah. But it moves you through to a place, right? Like it gets you to the other side. Yeah, it's, it it's, does. It's purposeful and it's helpful. It does. And yeah, I should probably, yeah, rename it and call it self-care. <laughs> <laughs> Name it. Put it in your journal. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, well, what's your third? The third thing is more of a creative, and it's actually a box. So it is for my creative toolbox. I follow this amazing artist that I love her work so much. I've tried to emulate it. I cannot... I'm not there. It'll be my own thing. But her name is Tina Burning, B-E-R-N-I-N-G. And she's on Instagram as Tina Burning. And she is a, an artist that lives in Germany. And she has an I, two boxes that she puts in her studio. I listened to her on the Jealous Curator podcast. And she has a not-so-bad box and a not-so-good box for her art. So she doesn't call them good or bad drawings or illustrations she calls them these ones are not so bad meaning they're good Mm -hmm. (laughs) these ones are not so good she doesn't call them bad so I love that so I created a not so bad not so good box they're combined I made just one box out of an old adidas shoe box and I'm putting all of my illustrations in there for the 100 day project and I love that concept I also have two separate boxes in my studio that I've been throwing things in And I think the idea of it all is perspective. So I think this relates Mm -hmm. to sobriety too, that sometimes when we see something one way, we need some time and distance from it or just a different perspective. So when I go into the not so good box, when I pull out that box and open the lid, some of those move into the not so bad box, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Just like this, hmm. This looks pretty good. I used one for a gratitude journal. I got a comment from a friend of ours, like, I really love the artwork on that. I'm like, that was in the not so good box. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I guess I don't always know what's right is what I'm saying in this one, in this share. And that having a box that you could put things in, and maybe that's a metaphor for recovery as well. Like maybe you just need a little distance from it, but I'm totally enjoying. I don't have to address this right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but having a physical box is kind of a great practice. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and if you have two, then not so good and then not so bad. That could be for writing. That could be for drawing. That could be for lots of things. Yeah, I and love that. So that. I do that with writing. I don't have a physical box, but I will start things and put them down and visit them later if I'm, you know, I don't ever feel compelled to, you know, finish something just to finish it. Yeah. Especially with, with, with that, if I'm, if I'm not hundred percent happy with it, it's not like all the thoughts were, you know, that I have to discard all the thoughts. Yeah. So that's fine. That's my third one. Love it. Well, okay. So my third one is the opposite of my second one. <laughs> that is, um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, uh, I have always, it's just going to sound trite, but I, um, doubling over in laughter is something that's very important to me. I've always surrounded myself with pretty funny people and, um, actually have, you know, I've had two very funny, I have one very funny husband and I've had a, I have a very funny ex-husband. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's one of is laughter and action from an emotion. I, I'm not positively sure, but it's, it's something that I have to do every day. My kids are funny. We, we have a lot of laughter in, in my house and, um, my kids do improv. I've already mentioned that and they, um, perform on Sundays often. And we usually will go to a show on Sundays. And um, I love it so much. And I just love to just cackle as loud as I possibly can. <laughs> like, no inhibitions. I just let it go. And then I even came home last night. And um, I used to stay up and watch Saturday Night Live, especially when I was drinking. I would stay up. It was just an excuse to keep drinking you know mm-hmm. and, and and drink through it now I usually save it for Sundays I usually will watch it on Sundays on online and um Saturday this past Saturday was Louis CK and I just put my headphones on and what I didn't care what anybody else in the house was doing but I was just tackling <laughs> so hard it's such a good release it feels just as good as crying it's just such a good release. I will have and, to watch uh, Louis C.K. I'm a big fan of his. Oh, it's hilarious. It's really, it, it delivers. It really does. <laughs> this weekend, Saturday Night Live completely delivers. Um, highly recommend. So, yeah, that would be, that would be a third, my third big one is laughter. Mm, it's good. It's good medicine, as they say. Yeah. Oh, I think we're, I think we've just talked each other through all of this and, and we're, I think think we're good. Yeah. I'm going to go out and paint a self-portrait, finish up that crazy finger painting. What are you doing today? I'm going to hop into my studio and see if I can crank out some sewing. I'm sewing today. All right. Well, I wish you luck. Thank you. You too. Yeah. I need it. <laughs> Let's see what I discover today. <laughs> do I need to? Uh, do I need to buzz you every twenty minutes? To <laughs> what would be different than our normal? Or... <laughs> yeah, 
No, I, I think I got it. I That was a helpful exercise, even though I've still put it off and haven't touched it again. I set everything up last night so that this morning when I walk in there, I will get to, straight to, to work. Yep. Everything's where it should be. I need to just go touch the canvas. <laughs> don't need to organize anything <laughs> no. or no, count notebooks. Procrastinate. Did you see all that yesterday on Instagram? Yeah, I was procrastinating. So, yep. That's part of my process. <laughs> all right. Well, have a really beautiful week, Sandra. Okay. You too. I'll talk to you later. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Vickery. Thanks for listening. <laughs>